Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. It was a widely popular movie back in the day, and that was The Social Network. Uh, the, the story of how Mark Zuckerberg came up with what was then the Facebook and is now Facebook and one of the richest men on planet Earth, and Facebook is a social media giant. Uh, Meta now, I believe, Chris Tubbs. Yes, I, yeah, I believe everything, the uh, threads, Instagram, Facebook, all falls under the Meta umbrella. Yeah, and it was a fascinating story. But, but I've said this, I, I tried Facebook for a brief period of time, and I got a little creeped out about it because it has so many tentacles. Um, where Twitter now acts is pretty straightforward. You put a post, you follow people, you can block people. It, it's straightforward. But, but Facebook has tentacles and feels more like a network than Twitter or X does. It, it, that certainly has its flaws. But, but there was a time where... Um, it just got Facebook. I had to get out. I, I, I just I got in and I got out. It was like running over to Wisconsin on Sunday way back in the day. Get in, get out. Get in, get out. Yeah, you, you don't you don't want to spend too much time yeah. in Wisconsin like you don't want to. Well, spend no, too much you know time. you 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 go get you go get the bottle. You go get oh okay. The beer, I, I, I misunderstood you in, where you're going. I I thought yeah. that was a I, I thought that was a burning Wisconsin. Comment, no, no, so no, 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 no. Okay, that, I I wanted to make sure. That's that's my bad. Yeah. Okay. So you know, Sunday sales when you know it was strictly verboten to buy a bottle on a Sunday here in Minnesota. You could always slide over the border and get that that work done. But that was my feeling toward Facebook. Well, there, there's an interesting story, and it has to do with a former Harvard disinformation scholar. Now, now think about how far we've come. <laughs> 20 years ago, if you would have said, yes, uh, a highly regarded Harvard disinformation scholar. What? Yes, yeah, Uh, exactly. Well, anyway, the long story short, uh, Joan Donovan says she was forced out because her research was stuff that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook – didn't want them getting into that especially the school he attended where facebook was born at harvard if you remember the movie the social network and and harvard strongly denying all of this but but it does bring up an interesting point 
And and that is where we sit in early December of 2023 when it comes to platforms like Twitter, and I still call it Twitter. Yeah, I it's, it's, all, it's always going to be Twitter. Yeah, uh, refer to that. And then, it, then of course, you have Facebook. You know, the, the, those are the biggies. There's others. Instagram, TikTok is huge right now. It is. If, if you kick back for a moment, if you really sit back and think how intrusive they really are. And, and what are they selling? What they're selling is they're selling you and your stuff and your information. You're the product. The rest of the world. We we are the product with with yeah. these platforms. Yeah, we we are the product. Now, now, granted, I know they they've had infrastructure investment that they have server farms and you know they 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 did have to make an investment. But in reality, the content being created is being created generally for free by you and me and everybody else, and that that's what the, the genius of it is. So I, I think the last thing these platforms generally want is people digging deeper. Now, now Harvard denies it, and we have to put that out there in fairness, that Harvard is denying that um, th- this woman being pu- pushed out of her job had nothing to do with Mark Zuckerberg or the big donations. Uh, and you you have to take that at face value. But it still is interesting that as more and more people look at this and dig into this, you know, they're saying, yeah, this, they're, they're, there's stuff here that we may not be prepared to deal with. Yeah, there are some out there when you get to these platforms and the the ability to post whatever you want, factual or not. And, and you know, there's an issue with, you know, I, I had not heard the term disinformation so much as I heard it during the pandemic. Like, it's just become a part of our vernacular at this point. And there's got to be checks and balances out there, Steve. I, I really believe that because then you, you do have this unregulated medium that becomes, you know, for some people, it's their only source of information. And the problem is... Anything can be out there and, and passed as fact. So I would like to see that there would be more. But then again, if you have these checks and balances that are enacted, then, yeah, there's some accountability. And sometimes, you know, accountability is not what a lot of people, you know, they don't want that. Well, and there was an interesting comparison in one of the articles, and it happened to be on CNN, and I know that'll set off alarm bells, or, oh, it's on CNN, it's got to be, you know, I I think that's a gigantic problem with with a lot of this. But there was a comparison in this, and I think it's a really interesting quote and a way of putting it. And it relates to... Let's use big tobacco okay. as an example, and that's what really stuck struck out or stuck out in this story. Once upon a time, cigarettes were advertised on television and radio and in newspaper mm-hmm. and magazines, and they 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 were endorsed by celebrities, etc. And we didn't really know the full impact of smoking cigarettes 
over the short term, over the medium term, and certainly over the long haul, and the impact on people's health. Well, now in 2023, there's people that still smoke, and they, they choose to smoke, and that is their right. But now everyone at least has their eyes wide open on what the impacts of smoking cigarettes are. But as we've learned along the way, Big Tobacco did everything they could in their power to stonewall, whitewash, sweep under the rug, whatever term you wanted to use about the impacts of smoking cigarettes and the addictive nature of nicotine. We can all agree on that fact. And I think what they're getting to in all of this, and some of these people that are doing research, particularly on social media, it's still relatively new. We, we don't fully understand the impacts on the young and old, all of us as human beings, the, the impacts of social media, how we interact, and how that's in some ways rewiring us as human beings. I don't think we clearly understand that. And the last thing, the likes of Meta or X owned by Elon Musk or TikTok. Not sure who owns TikTok these days. Is it still the Chinese? I, 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 yeah, I, I, th- I think it's... I, I'm not on TikTok. It's, I don't, it's, the, I don't. it's the Chinese. I, I saw on Facebook that somebody but, posted something from Twitter that said Twitter, that said uh, TikTok was owned by the Chinese. Yeah, there you go. But my my point being is, is that do those companies really want researchers, the, the scientists, um, psychologists, psychiatrists, eh, it, academics, peeling back the onion and really getting a good understanding on social media's impact on culture as a whole, not just the young. And, no. I, and I can understand. And that's why the comparison there to big tobacco or uh, big energy or big pharma, where they're resistant, well, you know, we don't really want, we really don't want the story of um, OxyContin to get out there and what really happened at Purdue Pharma and the involvement of the Sackler family. By the way, another big story today, and, and I want to find a few minutes to get into that. You know, these gigantic businesses with tremendous influence, do they really want you to know the truth about the addictive nature of their product? No. And I would say the answer is no, they don't. No. No, they don't. the, the, The more you can prevent them from knowing what the addictiveness of whatever the product is, the more likely you are to remain a consumer. And they want to keep you as a repeat consumer for as long as possible. But look at what it's doing to the kids. And we brought this up when I was filling in for Henry Lake. And and this is an important point as well. And we we talked about, well, kids, you know, uh, I'll throw $100, you know, on the table. And if you put your phones in a basket and... You make it to the end of the evening without looking at your phones. We're going to put you in a drawing for the $100 bill. No, I didn't do it because I didn't want to be, you know, nasty old grumpy Uncle Steve at 
at the Thanksgiving gathering. But I think it did bring up a good point. And, you know, adults make their choices. It gets back to the smoking of cigarettes. You know, if you have all the information and you choose to smoke, that is your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Now, I, don't want you, I don't want you smoking on the same airplane as me, or I don't want you smoking in the restaurant I'm eating in, and I certainly don't want you smoking in my house or my car. But if you want to have a smoke on your own terms where you can do it and not bother anybody else, I'm fine As with long that. as it doesn't inconvenience me. And you go into it with your eyes wide open. But this gets back to something. Do we really know what this is doing to our kids? Social media. Now, I, I know people have tried and tried to study, but if we got a big, big study, and, they, you know, we're, we're, we're studying and researching cancer treatments all the time, and rightfully so, and, and other diseases. But I, I think this article leads me down the road where I believe we need a national effort to truly understand the impacts of this stuff on our young people because you can't go you can't go anywhere. I do a lot of games. I, I, I go to hockey games, basketball games, and football games, and volleyball matches. I, I cover a lot of sports throughout the school year. And I'm setting up, and it is amazing. These kids are there with their friends. How much time? even cheering on their friends out on the quarter on the field. Those phones are really close, maybe even still in their hand. Some of these kids don't even put them in their pocket when they're at a game cheering on their friends. What I'm saying is, is that, you know, anything that's going to quell research into how this stuff really works, I'd be very interested to understand and understand more. I don't know about you, Chris. Uh, you know, you, you you got a younger kid. My, mm-hmm. my kids are, are, are grown. They're adults. They can make their own decisions. I'm certainly not going to tell them how much time to spend on their phone. But to me, this stuff is really interesting and needs to be looked at. We I, need to understand. I am really fortunate that my daughter's 13 and she has little to no interest to be on her phone because she she doesn't care about Messenger. She doesn't care about Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or anything. What she does is she is a I mean, she is big time into YouTube because, I mean, she does, she likes to learn like she's big into uh, astrology and astronomy and things like that. Like she's just so fascinated by that. And yeah. she'll play Roblox, which apparently is a big, it's a, some big platform game that kids have been playing for years. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm very thankful that she is not like when my wife and I go someplace or, you know, I need to tell her, I'm like, Hey, keep your phone close to you in case mom or I need to get a hold of you. Then she's like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. But outside of that, yeah, she doesn't – we're really – we know that the day is going to come when she's going to want to be on social media. But right now we're very, very fortunate that we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, and that I, – I think where I'm at is just eyes wide open. I used to smoke cigarettes, and, and I think this is a really good example. I used to. And I grew up in an era where, you know – 
the Surgeon General warnings and all of that sort of stuff. And I, I picked it up in college and smoked for a few years early in my radio career. Then I got that speech from my doctor where he just kind of laid down the law and said, you need to quit or you need to find a new doctor. And that that's kind of when I set him aside. And don't get me wrong. Every now and then I'd lo- like, like right now, I'd love to have a cigarette. Let, let, me, I don't. let me ask but, you this. But, I, but here, I, I just want to get back to this point, and I think it's important. Now as adults... We all understand the impacts of smoking cigarettes. But do we understand the impact of social media? I don't think we do. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we have all the info. That's what I'm saying. No, because social media is still, you know, relatively in an infancy, even though it's been around for, you know, what, 20, 25 years. Like social media has been around for quite a while, but in the whole pantheon of you know of our existence as human beings no it, it it's but, you know it hasn't been around long but there's another mechanism in there that's roping us in and making it addictive and there's a lot of smart people that work on it you know for instance i probably spend as much time on x or twitter as any platform I, i've tried some others but I, I like some of the news features and following people that I trust to get information, say, for instance, at games or news events or that sort of thing. Um, but but they also do things that, that keep you engaged. If you post something, does it get a little reaction? I, I think that that, it, that little addictive mechanism and how that's working and how they tweak that to keep you involved I think they need to be more forthcoming on how especially they rope kids into it. Quick break, 822 here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. Uh, but quite a story, and if you get a chance, I would check it out at CNN.com. Uh, former Harvard disinformation scholar says she was pushed out of her job. Harvard says not so fast. It is 823 here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It was a big surprise to me to hear that uh, Gerilyn Steele did her last show here on the radio. News Talk, 830-WCCO on, on Sunday night. I had no idea until I saw the story on our website, WCCORadio.com. 27 years of Sunday night. And Gerilyn is a tremendous talent. Her and her siblings, I remember doing a show uh, for Dark Star way back in the day one night. And the producer at the time had booked the steals. It was around the holiday. And they came in and it was incredible. Had a lot of chats with Gerilyn over the years and just just a wonderful person, great family, so talented. Um and she's she's decided to step away after all those Sunday nights and all those years. And by the way, we have a great story at uh, the website and uh we've got the audio and everything. So if you missed it Sunday night, last night, uh, here on News Talk, 830-WCCO, we invite you to check that out. But uh, it, it's got uh, it's got some great stuff in it. And, you know, Chris, you, you, you certainly got to know Gerilyn as well. Yeah, I did. Over the last, well, maybe three years or so, uh, her center stage, that was normally, you know, her show used to go from 7 to 11, then it went 7 to 10, and the 9 to 10 hour, the center stage, that was primarily arts and music and theater and, sure. and whatnot, that was something that I had creative control over in terms of helping Gerilyn put it together. So, yeah, I did, you know, doing the stuff with, like, you know, here Monday through Friday and everything else, that was also something that they asked me if I would be interested in in doing. And, you know, absolutely that I said that I would be you know, more than willing to, to help out and to be a part of Gerilyn's show for the last three years. I mean, it's just a blip, blip in the radar. Uh, incredible. So she's going to be missed. She is very, very talented and just one of the most genuine, nicest individuals that I think I've ever come across in any walk of life. Yeah, she she is. She is awesome. And, and like I say, um, I, I wasn't aware of it last night. I had a couple other things going on at home, but I caught the story and caught the audio earlier today. Don't don't tell my full time employer. You know, when I when I got wind of that that Gerilyn had called it a career and did her last show on Sunday night. But uh, best wishes, Gerilyn, and uh, yeah, just. An, an amazing talent to to see her perform, whether it was in the studio or during uh, the Christmas specials that she hosted, um, and and with her siblings, it's they they are brilliant. It is eight thirty one, twenty nine minutes now in front of nine. We'll have an update on the weather, and then my friend Mike Wall will join us from space dot com. Uh, 
what's going on when it comes to space flight. There, there, there's always something in the works. Uh, looks as though uh, humans going back to the moon, that'll be delayed. We knew that, but this, this could be a long delay. We'll, we'll get into that with Mike Wall here on News Talk. A3OWCCO. All right, we'll give it another go. Nevertheless, there is some news. And we'll, we'll get Mike back, but the, the one thing that we, we've heard, and I think we all knew if you follow this at all, is that there's the big Artemis program, and the goal is, is to put humans back on Mars, a man, a woman, uh, back on Mars at some point in this decade. And they had a very aggressive timeline, and that is starting to slip, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And, and one of the big reasons is down in Boca Chica, Texas, and Mike Wall uh, from Space.com joins us. Mike, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Yeah, good. Good to visit with you. And and we wanted to open the show with this idea, and I, I think anybody who follows it kind of knew this would be the case, that um, it's going to take a while longer to get human beings back on the surface of the moon. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean, it was always... When when NASA first came out with that timeline of like late 2025, it seemed I think they first said that a few years ago, and it seemed really unlikely at the time. And now, I mean, there's just so much that has to go right. And with NASA, they can't really afford to make a mistake. You know, any any mistake with the Artemis program is going to be really high profile, and they're a government agency, so they have to be more cautious. And um, yeah, it just always seemed like it was it was going to take. Like, I mean, pretty much everything would have to go right for them to get back to the moon, put people back on the moon by that time frame. Yeah, and th- th- there's a couple of things we, we need to lay out. Number one, the the big rocket, the space launch system. Uh, the first test flight went really well. They got it to the moon. They, they orbited. I mean, and they were able to bring the Orion capsule back. So... All in all, that's really good. But the steps to actually go from doing that to having or, or having human beings on board and getting them down to the surface of the moon and then getting them back into lunar orbit and then returning them to the Earth and getting them to splash down in the ocean somewhere, uh, those are the challenges of Apollo, and there's still a lot of hurdles to cross to make that happen. Yeah, and and it's more complicated than the Apollo kind of strategy, too, because, you know, to get down to the lunar surface on the Artemis 3 mission um, in 2025, 26, 27, whenever it actually happens, they're going to sure. they're going to need another vehicle. It's not going to be Orion that goes down to the surface of the moon. What the current plan is, is for is for astronauts to transfer from Orion onto get down to SpaceX's Starship, you know, the giant new vehicle that, space is, that, that SpaceX is developing. Then Starship will be their lunar lander and take them down to the surface and then launch them back up again. So Starship has to be ready in time for all that to happen. And Starship has had two test flights to date. One of them was just a couple weeks ago. The, the, the like, second one was just a couple weeks ago. And it, it made it to space this time, which was great. Um, but it did still have some problems and the, the like, test flight ended early. So Starship has to be up and running fully for Artemis 3 to work, and we don't know when that's going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't doubt SpaceX getting it up and running, but the, it's it's unclear when the timeline's going to be. 
And you also have to assume that Starship will fly many, many, many times before NASA astronauts get on board. You know, it has to be proven very safe and very reliable before NASA will put anybody on it. Yeah, and on on top of that, it, it sounds as though once they get Starship into orbit and they get all that figured out and make sure that human beings can be on the ship and it's going to work properly and they've got everything checked out, they're going to need fuel. And this is the part of the equation that becomes quite daunting. The number of launches, they're going to need to put a lot of fuel into low Earth orbit and then in turn have that fuel available to get this thing to the moon and then ultimately down to the surface and then back up into lunar orbit. So we're, we're talking a lot of fuel, and that's never been done. Yeah, so they're, they're going to need to sort of demonstrate that that technological capability, like the fuel transfer off Earth. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to do that. And they're, they're going to have to do a lot of that. I, I don't remember what the... What the what the exact figures are, but it's something like they're they're going to need like I don't know six or or yeah six or eight Starship launches that will just be yeah. to establish fuel depots per crewed Starship flight. So it is it is daunting. There's a, a large number of launches that are going to have to happen to get everything set up for Artemis three, um, and yeah, we just have to for it to happen on time in the, in the relatively near future, all that stuff has to go right and has to go well. And, and then the development schedule has to be like relatively quick. And, and we shouldn't doubt SpaceX. You know, we've, we've talked many times about how good they are at what they do. Um, and they are, they are amazing at what they do, but, but Starship is a new vehicle and it's bigger and more powerful than any other rocket that's ever been built. So, you can't just assume everything's going to go perfectly well with it. It's something that we've never seen before, something this big and this powerful. So getting it up up and running to the degree with, with the degree of sort of safety and reliability that will allow humans to be on board, it's not something you can just sort of blithely assume is going to happen quickly or, or easily. Mike Wall joining us from Space.com on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline tonight. And th- there's another thing th- that, that's been brought up about all of this and getting Starship up and running and so on and so forth, and then the transfer of fuel and then getting to the moon. And there's been this theory that, well, maybe they can scale back and go more to an Apollo model. And if people are familiar with Apollo, there was a giant Saturn V, and on top of it there was, you know, the 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 lunar module that that was that little spider-like thing that went down to the surface and then came back up and then they rejoined with the command module and then they came back and then eventually that capsule landed in the ocean they had splashed down when the astronauts returned to earth safely but they they want to take the next step because the idea is is this being a stepping stone to getting a lot more stuff and people and eventually setting up some sort of lunar base that uh, Apollo was about getting humans there and gathering some rocks and hanging out and then eventually driving around in a rover and so on and so forth. It, it was an amazing engineering achievement, but, but they want to go beyond that ultimately. Yeah, with- this 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 is the, the the sort of long-term goal of the Artemis program. There, there are two of them really. One of them and the, the, the first goal 
is to set up one or more moon bases near the south pole of the moon and have those be like real sustainable sort of operations. You know, they want to mine like a bunch of water ice from craters near the moon's south pole and use those for life support for astronauts at a base and also to turn that into rocket fuel so they can sort of launch from there and from around the moon and go off exploring some some other places in the solar system and that brings them to the that, that brings us to the second goal of your in this program which which you already referenced and that is they like want it to serve as a stepping stone to mars so all of this all of these skills that they're hoping to sort of learn and establish during artemis they want to apply to the mars effort in like the late 2030s early 2040s i mean sending astronauts to mars what nasa wants to do on mars is something similar you know set up like a research base on mars and and use it to kind of hunt for signs of life and just to establish like a long-term presence on another planet. So they're like sort of, it's, it's very different than the flags and footprints model of the Apollo era, which was sort of, it was, it was like a cold war kind of, I don't want to say artifact, but it was very much a product of its time, you know, to show like the rest of the world that we had better technology than the Soviet Union. So it's, it's, it's sort of like the U.S. versus the Soviet Union show of technological dominance. Like, that's what really drove the Apollo program. This this is different. Yeah, and the, the, the machinery being used needs to be gigantic, and that leads us back to Starship. To ultimately accomplish these goals, you will need a gigantic rocket like Starship that uh, a couple of flights and... Once again, they did technically get to space, didn't ultimately get the, the Starship portion into orbit. They they tried to, or the goal is to get it around to Hawaii before bringing it down. But the point being is you're going to need machines of that size to be able to get the stuff out of the gravity well of Earth and out there. You're going to need these machines, yeah. big machines to do that. Yeah, and if it, it goes back to, I mean, think about what you need to build a moon base or a Mars base, right? You need a giant rocket that can launch that can launch habitat modules and big stuff like that, right, that they want to use to, to build a base. And these big, like, propellant kind of tanks that they're going to need for those propellant depots we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it is, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of infrastructure that you need to send up, both to establish, to, to, to establish a base on the moon or on Mars. Mike Wall joining us. Quick break. We'll come back with more with Mike and get into some of the other headlines. Uh, Once again, he works for Space.com, and we'll continue here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. little light snow out there, 33 degrees, southeast winds at 8. We'll we'll see some light snow and flurries overnight. Uh, No accumulation expected. Cloudy and 37 on Tuesday, we have all the news coming up at 9. A few more minutes with Mike Wall from Space.com. And, uh, Mike, you did a really interesting piece on uh, Stratolaunch and that gigantic airplane. Tell us more. It's a piece that uh, you put on the site not that long ago. Yeah, it, I guess over the weekend, you know, Stratolaunch did its it, it's it's got the world's biggest airplane that's yeah i mean named rock it's it's like roc after i guess it was a giant bird in in, in the sinbad the the like sailor kind of stories um it's got a wingspan of like 385 feet from tip to tip it's just like gigantic carrier plane and what they're what they're they want to use it for is to 
serve as like um like like a platform to launch hypersonic vehicles, which are these like highly maneuverable, super fast kind of vehicles that you can use as like weapons. It's not necessarily what what this company's kind of like hypersonics are going to do, but there are lots of governments around the world, you know, lots of militaries around the world are getting more and more interested in like hypersonic technology because like unlike a ballistic missile, you know, which just goes from point A to point B on a straight line trajectory, you can sort of like use hypersonics to move really fast and they can, they can zip around and bank and turn and they're really hard to, to kind of intercept with, with like missiles. So yeah, they, what, what what Stratolaunch did with this giant plane over the weekend was it was its 12th overall test flight, but its first one with like a, a fully fueled up, fully powered hypersonic vehicle kind of test vehicle under its wing. It like didn't drop the the hypersonic vehicle as it would in like an operational flight. What it would do is sort of take the thing up to altitude, maybe 50,000 feet or so and drop it. And then the hypersonic vehicle would fall away and then light its engines and and do its own thing. Uh, it didn't do that, but it did carry up like a like a fully powered up, fully fueled vehicle for the first time, just to kind of test the the like flight environment for this thing. So if if like if all goes according to plan, you know, in the next few months we we might actually see Stratolaunch do a full up test where they engage the engines of their hypersonic vehicle and let it let it do its thing, and that'll be a pretty big deal because um, they've they, like they've already got like like yeah like a contract with um. To, to do some some test flights for the U.S. military with this with this technology, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, and there there could be uh, contracts, et cetera, a lot of money if all goes well. Would they be able to say launch a rocket and be able to reach orbit from a platform like this? Well, that that yeah, like it's interesting that like that was the original plan for Stratolaunch when it was it was founded in 2011 by by Paul Allen, you know, who who yeah, who co-founded Microsoft, and and the original plan was to use this giant plane to to like air launch rockets with satellite on board, kind of like um what what like Virgin Orbit did. They they recently oh, sure. went bankrupt, but that was Virgin Orbit's plan. And because you can, the the idea is that you can be more be more responsive. You can you can launch a satellite from anywhere in the world with like a that has that has a runway. You know, you don't have to be restricted to launch pads, which are which can be hard to come by in certain parts of the world. So that that was the original idea. But in 2019, kind of Stratolaunch, they they shifted strategies and were like, let's go into hypersonics. You know, I guess they they crunched the numbers and didn't see all that much kind of potential in, in kind of air launching satellites is my guess based on, I mean, kind of breaking into that market when SpaceX is, is pretty dominant. That probably had something to do with it, but, um, and they, they probably saw hypersonics as this, this emerging field where there would be a lot of demand for a platform where they, where, where militaries and other interested partners could, could test technology. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it, it theoretically could could serve as, as a platform for, for for launches to to space, but that's 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 not what they're going after these days. Well, Mike, always good to visit with you, and that that story wasn't published uh, all that long ago, so it is brand new. MikeWallSpace dot com. Mm-hmm. Always good to visit with you. Thanks. Good to talk to you too, Steve. Thanks. All right, there he is, and joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Can't go anywhere without thanking Chris Tubbs, our producer, for putting up with me 
for another night here on a Monday night, sitting in for Henry on the Lake Show. Henry returns tomorrow night between 6 and 9. And, of course, highlights of all of our programs are available at WCCORadio.com. Yes, uh, there is some light snow, maybe a flurry overnight tonight, a little near 30. A little or no snow accumulation expected. And then on Tuesday, cloudy and 37. Wednesday, partly sunny, 46. It'll be breezy. Thursday, sunny, 51. I've heard the record. Thursday, 54. We may get there. And then on Friday, sunny, a little cooler and 46 into the 30s on Saturday and Sunday. But uh, relatively quiet. Have yourself a good night. We have all the news. John Dickerson coming up here on News Talk. A3-O-W-C-C-O. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.